had depression no. since Wednesday. Yeah. We'll talk about it. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the cup, the currently unnamed podcast where we put the T in reality, but you can always come to us first to quench your thirst. I'm Logan Murphy. I say something gay. Gay, we're drinking um, crack tea, as I call it. Um, it's cheaper than an energy drink, and I make it in bulk. Uh, today, it's black cherry pomegranate, and it's really good. Um, this whole thing will be gone by the end of this recording, which will propel me into hours of homework after this. God, Whoa. fucking damn. Yep. <laughs> Uh-huh. Hi, my name is Jack. I am a game designer, Twitch streamer, college student, and coffee addict, all of which means I will never have an actual job. Uh, I am from New Jersey, and, you know, watching this episode on my couch with my mom made it very, very easy not to punch something out of frustration. Mm. Because, huh, this was an episode. <laughs> and I will introduce myself. I am Dominic. So I work in marketing, but I always like to say my real claim to fame is being a cat dad because that is my passion in life, animal rescue. One of my passions, my other passion being reality television. I have watched Survivor and every other reality show under the sun since I was 10 years old. And I am decades past that now. So it's been a, a significant portion of my life. And I am actually also from New Jersey. So love the Jersey connection. I feel like Survivor has been really good to Jersey people. And that's why I, always, I will always say New Jersey is represented well on, on Survivor. Funnily enough... Uh, the biggest connection from CBS comes out of Big Brother, uh, and I regret that connection. <gasps> uh, at least, at least for my hometown. That is. I'm not going to say it out loud because it would very, <laughs> very quickly lead to the exact town. Uh, yeah. 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 Anyway. anyway. <laughs> well, um, Dean Kowalski from Survivor is also from my hometown, so ooh. I have that hometown connection too. We'll take Dean. Dean's a good Dean's a good connection. Um, I don't think anyone from Tucson has ever been on. I think the only connect the only connection I can think of on a reality show is Drag Race. Oh yeah, that's the only one. I uh, there's been plenty of people from Arizona, but anyway. Dominic, welcome! Thank you. So excited to be here. I love sharing my opinions on reality TV when they're unsolicited. So actually having them solicited for once, it's even better. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm so happy to have you on. Um, let's just rapid fire real quick. Give me your favorite players of all time, favorite seasons of all time, favorite moments, all the favorites of 44 yes. seasons. Give it all, <laughs> get all of it. Oh man, my favorite player of all time is definitely Courtney Yates. I've met her several times and she is even better in person than she was on the show, which is a very high bar to clear. But I love so many uh, people from Survivors, History, Sri, 
Parvati, Sandra, of course. Uh, Kim Spradlin, I think, is the best winner of all time. Uh, from a purely gameplay perspective, favorite seasons, China, Micronesia, yep. Heroes versus Villains. I'm an old-school fanatic, though, so I love Borneo. And uh, Australian Outback are just... They were like a whole different level of cultural relevance than Survivor has ever been able to achieve in any other season. Uh, and, and I also really love Marquesas, uh, Pearl Islands, so many favorite seasons from that early era. And then the current era also exists. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I Favorite moments. You know, I really love the character-driven moments. So the first one that pops to mind is just everything with the other Courtney, Courtney Merritt from Exile Island, when she was singing yeah. to Bruce as he's getting medevaced, being called a poser by Jeff Probst. Like, that's the pure humor of Survivor that I absolutely love. Yeah. You're going to fit in just fine here. Like, everything <laughs> you said, it was like, yep, I, I know at least someone in our network that, like, is very passionate about all of it. Yes. Um, my personal, my top two favorite seasons are Marquesas and San Juan del Sur. So, I love like, San Juan del Sur as well. The perfect ending the, as well. Agreed. Um, but yes, so very excited to have you. We are talking about Survivor 44, Episode 3. <sighs> huh. It was an episode of television. Hmm. You know, it certainly was. <laughs> I very quickly realized this season that there are once again very few people who I would want sent home because already I'm like, okay, this person is really unique, and this person, oh, oh god, that's the entire tribe, mm -hmm. and they're going to shrink. God damn it, like, yeah. It, it consistently feels like, at least in the casting department, except for a couple of misses that have been bad misses, um, that the casting has gotten really, really, really good, which makes every single elimination, especially when we start to see patterns, mm -hmm. even worse. Yeah, there's a there's a couple a couple blind spots, you know, in in the modern era casting. Tori. Um but I, I think I would agree with you. Um and on that note, by the way, fuck Nick Wilson. Anyway, yes. moving on. <laughs> um <laughs> I think I would agree with you though. This this cast specifically, I'm even the people that I was kind of like neutral on going into the season, I'm starting to find that I'm, like, really, really ramping up and, like, loving seeing them. I think the one specifically that I've kind... Not necessarily 180'd, but I have a really positive opinion of now is Danny. Danny has really shocked me over the last couple of episodes. Um, and we'll talk about um, his big play during this episode. But he's kind of... He's standing out to me more and more as kind of this, like, central figure on um on that soka tribe for sure absolutely um, i mean i definitely think he has the most say in what's happening and he's the one playing most creatively which 
uh, I, I do have some concerns about how much of a hand production has in everything, but he's certainly playing the hand that production gave him very well. well we'll talk about a lot about production this episode. We'll talk a lot about yes. a lot about the production. Um, but we do start the episode. We are back at Tika in the aftermath of the elimination of Helen, which I'm still sad about. Um, can we please stop sending Asian American contestants home early? Th thank you. That goes for this show. That goes for Big Brother. That goes for Big Brother Canada. That goes for Drag Race. All of them, please. Specifically for Big Brother Canada, <sighs> queer Asians. Anyway, that's a, that's a video for a whole other that's day. That's another, this is Survivor. <laughs> Which we will probably do. Um, so we come back to Tika, and I don't know if we were made aware of this knowledge in the last episode, but we are made aware of the knowledge now. I think it's either it was either on the show or in someone's interview. Uh, we were made aware of the fact that Sarah, Sarah's lack of vote in that tribal council was public knowledge. And so that is kind of what shifted Carson um, into working with Jam Jam and Carolyn, taking out Helen. I don't necessarily understand why in that scenario you wouldn't just take out Sarah. Because I think Helen is going to be a lot more beneficial in challenges, but also Helen could be a threat down the line because of how smart she is. So I get the move. I'm just still a little frustrated. Yeah, well, I mean, the body language expert did ascertain that Helen had the idol. So, I mean, you have to get rid of her if you think that she has that idol. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely was questioning if you know that Sarah risked her vote and she possibly has an advantage, wouldn't you want to go with that a little bit more certainty than the possibility of Helen having an idol and taking whatever Sarah has, which I don't know if she shared what she was potentially winning, which I know she did get um, the yeah. inheritance advantage. I don't know if she shared that with them, but even the idea, I mean, that's part of why I find so repetitive and boring about Survivor now is that the people repeat the same lies that you know nobody buys if they've seen a single episode of the new era of Survivor. So having all these people say, I went to Shipwheel Island and they gave me this option and I risked my vote and I lost it and that's done. It's like, We've seen this before. No one's going to believe that. I'm sure they all yeah. think that she has an advantage. So why would you not want to flush that out instead of something else that Helen might have? I I would I don't get that move either. The only thing I can think of, because it wasn't it wasn't shown on the episode that Carson went around and said, "Hey, um, I think Helen might have the idol." Like, that wasn't shown. Mm -hmm. In fact, the exact same argument was made against Sarah. So, yeah, there isn't any sort of knowledge. <sighs> and the reason I think Carson ended up flipping is the reason he talks about of, oh, I wanted a big blind side. Exactly. To be honest, I don't even know that he ever actually flipped. I think that this is purely driven from the idea of everything has to be a big move. I could, I think maybe Carson either led them on or pretended to be an alliance with them solely so he could say, 
I made a big move and flipped on people who trusted me. Yeah. I don't know they ever actually planned to go with Helen and Sarah in the first place. I'm kind of glad Robin isn't here for this exact moment because I didn't really either love the way Carson kind of celebrated when they got back to tribal either. That kind of put me off a little bit. Like, I understand he's a fan and I understand he's excited about a blind side. I, it was something about this specific, like, celebration of it that I just didn't really love. Um, it might have been the editing. I'm not too sure, but... I, I mean, think you have to go, you have to lean more into it too. You have to understand that that's a villainous thing to do. I think you can't, you have to, you can't separate the game from the emotions and the betrayal aspect of it. And I think more and more we see people trying to do that. But to me, I'm like, if you're going to celebrate getting someone out when they were not vindictive or nasty to you in any way, you have to say that that's a villainous thing and you are playing like a villain. But I think that so often now people don't want that label at all. They want to be considered righteous and everything that they do is like golden child behavior. Um, so I think you have to lean into the villainy if you're going to start celebrating people's dismissals for no reason. <laughs> it felt childish. Like that. That's that's the overall emotion I got from it. It was very much, ooh, look at me. I did this thing. And everyone is like, okay great great job you're not the first or the last to do that it's not that impressive chill yeah i mean again it's the first vote there was not like you're really not flipping on anybody from any pre-established trust that's been built because it's the first time having to vote somebody out Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, at the end of the day, Jam Jam and Carolyn were safe. And as much as I love Helen, I was a little bit more concerned about Jam Jam and Carolyn because <sighs> icons. Um, <laughs> but let's jump over to Ratu really quick. Um, Kane is just being a nerd. And we get him not only using the sword immunity idol thing as a weapon. I really thought he was going to hurt himself. I thought we were getting like the 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 goofball edit where then he hurts himself. Um, but I guess we already kind of got that with Matthew this season. Um, but not only is he talking about D&D and, like, using the sword as a sword, but then he is incorrectly singing the Canadian National Anthem. <laughs> yeah. Um, as, <laughs> as, as an American, I had no idea that was incorrect. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that just adds another layer of confusion, putting it lightly. <laughs> I was happy to see some backstories that were not inherently like tragic and sad um, in and of themselves being presented. I think that was a plus at the very least, because I think, at least in my opinion, Survivor has leaned way too heavily on sob stories, which I think is something that we've seen on American Idol and The Voice and American Ninja Warrior for year after year yeah. after year. Survivor was a little bit late jumping onto that bandwagon, but is extremely tiresome to me. I will say that's so the my number one frustration with Survivor is that 
again, to me, it just seems exploitative to, to trot out a sob story. It's like, I don't know if it's the producers who are prodding it or someone who's all too happy to share traumatic things from their past for the sake of being on TV, but I don't yeah. like that part. That's definitely fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, everything that happened with Raw 2 was kind of just like weird. Like Kane, like Kane being Kane, Brandon is like, I'm uh I'm not a dumb jock. I play the piano. I'm like, I don't need to see this. Like yes. it's nice to like get to know who you are as a person, but I don't need to know, oh, I'm not just a dumb jock. I play the piano and I'm a Renaissance man. I'm like, how many times have people come on Survivor and said, I'm a Renaissance man? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of telling and not showing. You know, I want to be able to ascertain that you are an intelligent and capable person by what you do on the island. So the fact that he was able to go fishing, that's more of an impressive feat than like showing me a highlight reel of all of his accomplishments in real life, which of course, like you could sprinkle in stuff like that. But I think Survivor really leans on tell, don't show anymore, which is just bad storytelling. I mean, you have to really use the footage that you have of the people in the game to support whatever character you want to build them as. And then, got uh, Jamie decides to eat an earthworm. <laughs> now, I'm going to still support her. That's my Arizona girl. That's my plant lady. I don't know if I would have done the same. Let's just <laughs> say that. You know what? I respect it. If you're going to do weird shit, to do some tribe bonding stuff, just do it and have fun with it. And it clearly brought the tribe closer together. Absolutely. Kind of hearkening back to the old days of Survivor when Ramona ate a rat for the first time. I feel like that's actually way more. <laughs> I don't know that I could do that. Maybe no. a rat. I really don't think I could do, but you know, I do like the moments like that, that show these people are, are pushing themselves outside of their comfort zone. And I like that Jamie is so quick to embrace the plant lady Island life persona. <laughs> I just love, she's like, we have our first house plant. I'm like, <laughs> I such a good casting choice. Yes. Like I, I was going to say, I don't know where this woman came from, but she came from Arizona. Um, she is just, like, she's going to be that person that when they get eliminated, regardless of where they end up, she's going to be like, I hope everyone just has a lovely rest of the time on the island and, like, good luck and, like, no hard feelings. And I just know she's going to be that person. And I want her to, like, I want her to lean into, like, the devious side of Survivor. And I know she's just not going to. And, like, usually those kind of people frustrate me on Survivor, but there's something about her that I'm just like, you're just lovely. Yes. She seems like you're... a pure spirit. Yeah, for right? sure. <laughs> but I would also like to see her go <laughs> and take on, <laughs> take on that uh, that um, Lord of the Flies persona. Yeah, I absolutely. Right. I, I really want people to embrace the game and really get nasty if you have to get nasty. I mean, maybe she will. I mean... I, you know, Matthew's really setting her up and maybe she gonna... will not be so positive <laughs> after she plays that idol and it's not having any powers for her. I was going to say, let's let's jump to that moment because <laughs> we get this, we see this very established on-screen connection between Jamie and Matthew, which, oh, I love it. Um, I love these two together and I hope Matthew is actually serious about working with Jamie 
However, we were we're getting plant lady and plant daddy, and they're going along, and Jamie is literally just like looking for worms, and she finds what we believe at the at the moment to be an idol, and I'm like, yes, queen, yeah. and then. <laughs> Producers are like, so actually, Matthew found this idol, what, two days ago? And planted, not not only made a fake idol, no, having the knowledge that he knows, has an idol, made a fake idol, planted a fake idol, and then was there when his fake idol was found. I kind of love it. <laughs> the the absolute chaos of finally the producers going back to the non-linear storytelling of saying, "Hey, we are going to lead a moment, misdirect you completely, and then basically pull one over on you." Yes. Keep doing that within this kind of reason. Just keep yeah. doing it. Because yeah. it was good. Yes. And establishing a relationship between them too is so important to me. It's so much more meaningful and impactful when you see, oh, Jamie feels really bonded to Matthew. And look at what he's putting her through, you know? That's the deviousness that really resonates with me is when you see okay, this person is going above and beyond to hoodwink someone that really likes and believes in them. And now do I think that that's a good move to do to Jamie? I don't know that he necessarily has to do that to someone who is an ally of him and really does believe yeah. in him. It seems like unnecessary maybe to me, but I also do like that he put together that fake idol himself. It wasn't something that was just handed to him by production. He took uh, the initiative on his own to make it. And I prefer that type of move to then to them like just handing you a fake idol to use that looks like a real idol um so i i was yeah. impressed by his by his uh his skills and his ability to deceive even those who trust in him right now because again i mean we're seeing that a little bit thus far but it seems like people in general do try to play nice a lot early on um so i think it's a good thing a good move we'll see i'm not convinced that he has to do that to, to poor jamie <laughs> Yeah. I was going to ask as well, Dominic, what are your thoughts on the birdcage idol twist? Like, what do, you, what do you think of it? I love the idea of hiding it in plain sight so that everybody can tell if it's there or if it's not. Of course, that kind of gets taken away by having it in the bag and then, you know, the bag can be replaced. You have a fake idol, like, planted for you. You know, to me, I just... I think my struggle with every advantage in idol in this game is that I really love the days when it felt more earned. And I know that Russell Hans kind of took that out of the game years and years ago, but I loved when there was a little bit more merit to who found an idol because they either solved a clue, they had to do something specific to find it. And I think this just kind of, again, like just increases the scavenger hunt nature of Survivor which I really do not enjoy. Um, but I like the hidden in plain sight aspect of it. I like that there's a little bit of anxiety of trying to find the idol that's always fun. I and mean, find the idol without someone else catching you, that's always fun. But I do think that, unfortunately, they just had 
maybe two or three more layers to it that they really did not need to do. Yeah, I I like that there's I, I think the reason why I like this birdcage idol twist with the fake idol is that the producers were smart enough to make fake idols that are also real idols for other tribes. Mm-hmm. That's why I think that's why I like it so much because in any other scenario, if it's just a real idol and a fake idol, I think I would definitely like agree more along your lines, Dominic. But I think because production was smart enough to say, hey, we're going to use a medallion for one person's real idol, and then on another tribe, we're going to make it a fake idol. Mm-hmm. I really like that because then we've kind of had this, like, convergence at Merge the last couple of seasons where, oh, everybody has an idol or an advantage, and they kind of just get used back to back to back, and that kind of, like, it feigns that same sort of effect, but only some of these are going to be real, and only some of these are going to be not real. Um, I hope we get some sort of, like, ad, um, advantage get-in where, like, everyone plays something at the same time, but then half the idols are fake, and, like, someone goes out with, like, two votes or something. <laughs> like, I really want to see, so- like, like honestly, I want to see something like Sari getting voted out in Game Changers. Like, I think we definitely have the potential for that, especially because Sarah has this um, inheritance advantage. Like, if she plays it at the right time, and everybody plays their stuff, like, we could see her ending up with, like, three or four idols at once. I mean, Which I think would be really dumb and really (laughs) entertaining. I mean, I do want to see someone now one-up Drea in that department now that the bar has been set so high for amount of advantages you could have at one time. I think that that uh, would be, it'd be great to see someone beat that record. But actually, I do have a question for both of you because this came up with people I was watching this episode with. And everybody says that they would be absolutely mortified to play a fake idol. Now, would you find it worse to play an idol and then find out it's fake or not play a real idol and get voted out? Because for me, 100% not play an idol and get voted out. That's way worse than playing a fake idol. I mean, I would not really be faced by playing a fake idol. It It is the just, like, inherent embarrassment of... I have been so violently tricked by someone that I just... I thought I had safety, and it is completely gone. That part is the part where I go... Can I actually deal with that mentally on the island, or would I just immediately collapse into a pile of dust? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I definitely understand oh, that. God. I wouldn't be phased by using a fake idol. Like, I would I would I be upset? Obviously, but like at the end of the day, I'm such a game player that I'm like, I would respect the game of like if it's a fake idol and like someone made a fake idol or was a planted fake idol or whatever. Like, I wouldn't mind it. Because, like, at the end of the day, whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. And if I'm successful, great. If I'm not successful, hey, maybe someone will... Like, if I if I go out, like, fourth with a fake idol, hey, maybe someone will remember me at some point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yes. I wouldn't I wouldn't be all that upset about it. Because mm-hmm. I've, played, I've played online games where I've had idols and gone home with them. And that... Even that feeling is just, like, not great. Yeah. Um... So I definitely like play the fake idol. Who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah, the cares? moment of humiliation to me is less damaging than this idea of 
I had the exact tool that I needed to stay in the game and I just didn't use it. I could have easily had three, two more days, you know, it depends on the cycle, uh, yeah. in the game if I just played this thing and that would probably haunt me for the rest of my life of making that yeah. one wrong move rather than saying that maybe it's humiliating, but I never had an idol if it was fake. So I really didn't yeah. do anything wrong, quote unquote. I just didn't have the power I thought I did. So that's just my, my personal opinion. But I know... It's tough because, you know, there's such yeah. a high chance of going on server and ending up with egg on your face in some way now. I feel like more yeah. than ever, they seem to try to be manufacturing more of those moments where someone right. embarrasses themselves out of the game. Right. Have you applied for Survivor? Oh, yes. I've applied every okay. year since I turned 18. I am dedicated Whoa. to being on one of these reality yeah. shows. I love reality competition shows. That is my thing. I love... Yeah. Almost all of them. I will apply to almost all of them. I've gone through casting for several of them. So mm -hmm. um, I'm, I 100% am the type of person who absolutely wants to play the game. I'm not so much like, oh, I would never do that. I 100% would. Do I like camping? Yeah. I have never camped a day in my life. I would camp for the first time on Survivor. And to me, that makes total sense that I would <laughs> I would want to do that. Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I've applied for uh, – so I – fun fact. It, I've talked about it before. Um, I medically cannot compete on Survivor. Oh, no. Um, I have vertigo. And oh. so, like, lack of food um, just makes my vertigo even worse. Mm -hmm. So I physically can't play, which is yeah. fine. I don't think I would do well at Survivor, if I'm being honest. Like, mm -hmm. like uh, my personality and the kind of, like, strategic gameplay that I like to play, I don't think mm -hmm. I would do well at Survivor. But yeah. I've applied for Big Brother every year that I could. Yes. So I'm definitely in that boat where like Big Brother and the Circle are like the two that I'm like I think I would do well on either one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, Jack, have you applied for anything? Uh, so I do have some in progress applications that if they do manage to check my Twitter, uh, I will not say exactly what those are. Uh, I applied for Survivor every single year since i was 18 as well so about three years now yeah and i've applied for big brother this year will be my fourth and i am <laughs> i turned 18 a while ago so it is uh you wouldn't be what? able to tell 14 times applying for survivor now <laughs> love it um well speaking of fake idols Let's talk about Danny. So he has the real Soka idol. He found the key. He gets the idol. He takes the bag. But then he decides in this episode, he's going to plant the fake idol and do exactly what producers want people to do in this scenario. So he plants the fake idol in the bag. He plants the key. And of all people on this Soka tribe to find the key... It has to be Matt. Ugh. And not only Why? does Matt not only does Matt find it, Danny sees him find it. So then Matt grabs the idol. And he's like, oh my god, I have an idol. This is great. So not only does this man not have a vote for two tribals, mm -hmm. he also has a fake idol. <sighs> Again, like you could see the story forming for Matt. It's like Charlie Brown and the football for him. That exactly. is his survivor journey, uh, which is a little bit tragic. But I mean, I've also always said 
if I were on Survivor and I couldn't do everything right, I'd almost prefer everything to go wrong. That Janine journey. (laughs) It's like, it's like, it's a little bit, it's really entertaining to watch. I'm sure it's scarring for him to, to realize all these different things have gone wrong for him. But I mean, you've had a Survivor experience at the very least. Yeah. What do you yeah. mean, the Janine journey? <laughs> what are you talking about, Dominic? <laughs> I mean, I come on. We have saved. It's, one of, it's one of the only Survivor reaction images we have saved, and I, I just love using it all the time. But. Oh, yeah. And the sad thing is that you could think of, like, five other shots of her making that exact face, same face yeah. that you could use. <laughs> There's about five or six of them from Final Tribal Council alone. Oh, that, like, gosh. Oh, gosh. Uh, and <laughs> once again... Just like last episode where we had the exact right way and the exact wrong way for, well, not exactly the wrong way, but like a very comical, like comedy of errors kind of way for retrieving the idol. Here we once again have the intended method for a fake idol to enter the game on Soka and an unintended way for a fake idol to enter the game on Ratu, which once again provides a really, really interesting dynamic. And it almost feels like it was planned. Like if someone were to, there's, there's always the fun rumors going around that, Oh yeah. Survivors obviously scripted. If someone looked at this season and said it was scripted, I would not blame them (laughs) at the moment because the dichotomies are working in such a perfect way that like every single time you go, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's working out really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Too well. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, yeah. No, go ahead. I I was going to say, if you look at the people who have found idols thus far, real idols, Brandon, Matthew, Carolyn, Danny. These are all people that I feel like production are like, okay, these people are either going to be strong in challenges or provide good television. Mm-hmm. And I would I would say all four of them fit either or both of those categories. Um, and then if you look at the people who now have fake idols, you look at Jamie and you look at Matt, who have kind of been used a little bit as like, not the comic relief, but like, a bit of like the levity of the season, obviously Jamie being, you know, plant lady and eating earthworms. And then you Mm -hmm. have Matt where just everything is comically going wrong, but then he's also kind of in this showmance. Um, It's interesting. So now Matt has a fake idol. Franny finds out about the fake idol. And now all of a sudden people are like, Oh, well we can't target the showmance now. They have an idol. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Actually, I will say, though, one thing that I think Danny did overplay a bit is by calling Matthew out in front of other people. You know, if I were Matthew in that situation, I would be like, why is he blowing up my spot in front of someone else as well? Like, if you say that you trust me and you want to work with me, but you're going around, like, you do that behind Matthew, Matt's back, not directly to his face. I thought that was a little bit of maybe overplaying on his part, um, because if I were Matt, I'd be like, I don't trust this person at all anymore. He is trying to put a target on my back, which is exactly what he actually is trying to do. (laughs) He would have an accurate read in that case. I would have just either, if the intent was to put a target on his back, 
talk privately with someone else. Mm-hmm. If the intent was to get closer to Matt with this secret, you should have talked to him alone. Yeah. yeah. Talking with two different people makes sure that both of those roads are immediately closed. Yeah. yeah. Which is just... I mean, it, it gave us Josh airtime. Josh got a confessional, and I'm happy to see it. Truly, like, I was like, is Josh here? Josh, where are you? I would like yes. to see you more on my television, please. Um, and this was, he got, I think, one confessional this episode. <laughs> confessional not even a question at Tribal Council, either. And nope. He was the alternate boot. I was like... Guess they really don't think that he has much to say if they can't even find something. No. To, I mean, I feel like that would just only heighten the suspense if you thought, yeah, <laughs> at least he's speaking here. Because he's kind of now the only person on that tribe without a storyline. Yeah. At least that we've seen through three episodes. Because we obviously have the showmance, Danny finding the idol, Claire being the perpetual sit-out, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. and then Heidi making fire and, like, being this underestimated... Um, player because of just all of the different um like all of the different boxes she ticks for lack of a better term she's an older player she's latina she's an older woman period like that's not a that's not a demographic that traditionally does well on survivor unfortunately and then you kind of just have josh who is good at challenges we know he's gay we know he's a podiatrist but i'm like i don't know anything like his um his medical condition has not been brought up once in three episodes. And at this point, I'm kind of just like, okay, so when we find, when we finally get Josh's backstory, we know he'll be going home that episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm waiting for that episode. And I, I don't want it to come because I like him. And I think he can be a dynamic player and do very, very well, like in the the post-merge situation. I think he could be someone that could could maybe win out, honestly. But we're just we're seeing nothing from him and i think he actually does have the least amount of confessionals i'm gonna i'm gonna look it would not surprise me yeah it's it's him it's him or heidi yeah it's him or heidi we also before this episode i feel like i feel like we didn't get a lot of ratu last time and still even with Ratu, it was still like screwed up mm-hmm. because it kind of just felt like defaulting almost. So, and that was also the yeah. premiere, so it kind of tried to give every single time the same amount of attention. So, uh-huh. it kind of worked. Yeah. So where where are we at? So we go to the challenge. And it's a good old, as I like to call it, swim, swim, obstacle, obstacle, puzzle? Block puzzle, puzzle. yes. Block puzzle. Um, and I want to point out, and we kind of um, we kind of brought it up before we started filming, Claire was allowed to sit out for a third episode in the row, and... That's just we were kind of been allowed. Yeah, so we were kind of discussing, and Dominic, I don't know if you have any insight necessarily, or Jack, if you have any other ideas. My initial thought process goes to the fact that there's been so many medical emergencies on this season, mm-hmm. 
that like I think immediately of like Matthew and his shoulders. So like if Matthew wasn't able to compete in challenges, like is that why they lifted that requirement for this season? So I believe that I heard that Jeff said in the his podcast that they have always just had it as per cycle, you're only allowed to sit out in one challenge per cycle. So if there's only one challenge in that cycle, that's self-contained and the next cycle doesn't count and that they're looking into changing that in the future because of this Claire situation um, with her oh, okay. just consecutively sitting out challenge after challenge after challenge in different cycles because as these early... Uh, the the latest seasons they tend to not have an episode with a reward challenge until four or five in episodes in, so okay. there is definitely opportunity for someone to sit out a lot more there. And again, the factors of the season of someone getting medevaced within the first episode, which also has happened several times in these past few seasons, which is a little concerning. Um, yeah, yeah. Usually, you would not have someone sitting out episode one, but because of the circumstances of the season, it just kind of exacerbated an ongoing issue, which is. It should just always be back-to-back challenges regardless of the cycle that they're in. Yeah, it ultimately, once again, was like... It it feels like it's a survivor rule that like fans kind of... Now that you mention it, it what the cycle thing makes sense. Mm-hmm. But... Even like in 41, 42, 43, where that did not happen, I don't think that ever ended up coming up, which was the weird part. So, yeah. Well, I think there's I two mean, things to it, actually. <laughs> so I will let you go. But yeah, go um, the one thing I was going to say is first, I think, uh, is that I do think it was, I mean, I really enjoyed Claire. I thought she was fantastic, but I do think strategically it was a mistake to let yourself be seen as such an easy person to remove and would change absolutely nothing to the makeup of the tribe because he was never competing in any of the challenges. I think most of the time someone would probably stand up and say, I absolutely am going to compete in one of the first three challenges at the very least. Um, So I think that was... Something that you usually would not see uh, that came up this time. And then I also think that Jeff Probst absolutely made matters worse for Claire. Because, again, you kind of see the heavy hand of production of Jeff, like, really being, like, actively showing disdain for the fact that Claire was not participating in any challenge. I 100% believe Jeff Probst is to blame for Claire's elimination. And we'll talk about it more later. I I don't know that to be true necessarily, but I do feel that way. Um, And I feel that way partially because of what you talked about, Dominic, the fact that um, Jeff has now brought it up two episodes back to back and then also brings it up at Tribal. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, again, why are we... Like, you are an executive producer of the show and the host, why are you intervening in this way? Yeah, no, and so many other hosts get so much flack because they're like, oh, Julie Chen does not care or even understand what's happening on her show, TJ Lavin with the challenge too. I'm like, that is, the host is there to host the show. Don't even get me started their own. Don't, but while they have their flaws as hosts, I think the fact that they have such a 
they're they're not really connected to the game. You don't feel like they have any vested interest in what's happening. And that's yeah. exactly what you should feel as the impartial arbiter of what's going on. You know, Jeff Probst, yeah. you can tell what he thinks a lot of times. I always go back to this example from Heroes versus Villain with my favorite Courtney when he's injecting into that Heroes uh, Travel Castle being like, nobody, 99% of people would not choose to keep Courtney over Boston Rob. Courtney, why would they ever possibly keep you? And she's like, Jeff, I didn't vote out Boston Rob. Why are you yelling at me and throwing me under the bus right now? And that's the type of thing. Like you could tell that Jeff has his own values and he imparts them onto the players. And I think more and more and more over time, we've seen players adopt the same mindset as Jeff and really take what he says like very seriously. And I think that's a huge problem because I think that that is a huge, that is a huge reason why Claire was voted out. And it was very confusing. And earlier in the episode, you see Danny, Claire, Heidi, and Josh saying, we're going to go together against the showmance. And then after the challenge, Dan is like, why would we not get rid of Claire? She's useless. Claire. <laughs> yeah. Claire. Did I mention Claire? We're talking yeah. about Claire. Yeah. So, yeah. So the challenge is kind of like, I mean, it happens. Um, it happens. Ratu wins the first um, part of the immunity. So they get a big bowl of fruit was the reward. Um, which, I mean, thanks for giving them food. I <laughs> yeah, will that, say that's the, a start. The food situation thus far this season seems a lot better than any other season of the modern era. And for that, I'm appreciative because I've preached for three seasons now, why are we starving people on national television? That's not entertaining. Mm. So I'm, I was happy to see that there was a lot of food <laughs> thus far um, on the season. And so it does come down to Soka and Tika. And we find out that like a couple of these people have studied this puzzle prior. I think Carson was one of them. I think Matthew was another one yes. of them. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamie did as well. Did I as remember well. that. Yeah, this Jamie, is like... Jamie tweeted that she had like hand-painted blocks, right? That was her? Mm -hmm. the, yeah. This is one of the easiest puzzles to do because realistically anyone can do it with literally just four paper cubes and markings like oh, this yeah. is something that anyone can do almost immediately compared to a lot of other challenges that oh yeah go 3d print like a, a tree puzzle which someone I don't... did I don't want to stay on my soapbox against Carson, so I'm just not going to say anything. Um, I will anyway. I gladly stand on that soapbox as well, although I will be kind about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Robin was here, they would be, you know, they'd be like, yeah, his gameplay's bad, but he's cute. Anyway, love you, Robin. <laughs> um, so Tika ends up pulling it out, getting the second part of the immunity, and I was thankful because I don't want to see anybody else from that tribe go home. <laughs> I really yeah. don't. Um, the problem is at this point, I don't want to see anyone necessarily go home. Like no one is standing out as like, I need you to go home. You are Russell Hans level of bad. Um, or even at this point, like I'm kinda indifferent to you. I wouldn't mind if you wanted to go home. 
that's not even happening. Like there are no. maybe one or two people that I can think of, but like, no. I'm every single tribal sucks. Every single tribal sucks because you know someone good is going to go home. And I feel like it is a lot of stifled potential early on. I feel like for me, at the very least, the first few episodes of the season are kind of a slog because it is just, oh, here's someone finding an advantage. Here's someone finding an idol. Oh, here's this other twist that we introduced into the game. And then when you get into episode four, five, six, that's when you start to see more of the strategy start to emerge. You see some personalities start to clash a bit more and that driving more of the decision-making. So anybody who goes these first two episodes, I'm like, what was happening? It wasn't really even about you. It just kind of, the vote landed on you. And that was a very minor part of the episode. And now you're gone before we even really get a chance to see you play. Unless you're Maddie in episode one and pull off just like one of the wildest premiere votes we've ever seen. Yes. Um, such a, so bad. I will always love Maddie because of the. I saw she tweeted something uh, like she had previously on Facebook years ago said, like, I've been trying to get on Survivor, but my bad personality is really hindering my chances. I was like, I that speaks to me. You know, that is someone I can relate to. And if she could do it, Maybe one day I too can, despite my I hope so. bad personality. <laughs> I hope so. No, I did y'all see as well. Maddie tweeted that um she said that her grandma was so excited to see her on Survivor and that she her grandma like fell asleep half, halfway through the episode, didn't finish the episode, and was like, Oh yeah, I'll watch you next week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh no. And then, no. and then her grandma yelled at her, being like but there isn't a next week. You got voted out. <laughs> I think she is easily one of the people that I'm like, I would like to see you when they do a redemption season. I would love to see Maddie return. Absolutely. And there is some rumors in the wind that 45 or 46 is going to be a returnee season with not the type of returnees we normally have, which Bring is very Again. <laughs> Let her get voted out first three oh times. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. Look, look. I I relate to her just a little too much as I have very much also have my streaks of going home oh, yeah. first multiple oh, times. Yeah. Um, And I want to see her get past a single vote. <laughs> I want to know. And then a I, horribly I, comic side of me also wants to see her oh, go to tribal no. a second time and then go home oh just gosh. because i've had the exact same thing happen to me and looking back it is funny as shit <laughs> i love it <sighs> is there, are there any actual like really strong picks that you would love to see back because i have always wanted them to do like a true second chance season of like kind of like the pre-jury boots rather than second chance but it's like the people we would have brought back anyway for the most part I'm going to steal probably Jack's answer, and I'm so sorry to do so. Mari Takahashi deserves another shot yes. at Survivor. 100% no question. Like, Mari is Mari is someone I would love to see back. B, also from that season, I would mm -hmm. love to see return, because she did leave for a medical reason. Um, as well, for a medical reason. Yeah. Uh, I would... and, and realistically, if that wave hadn't 
crash that boat, we literally would have had an entirely different season because that transphobic piece of shit would have gone out first. Oh, that part. Um, yeah, no. Uh, they they were very much going out first, but mm-hmm. a medical emergency happened and Tribal was just outright canceled. Great. Um, I think the other choice, just because I think it would be so fun, I would love to see uh, Nadia return. Mm, yes. <laughs> Natalie's been on twice. I would love to or yeah now that natalie's been back twice i would love to see nadia come back because i've been a fan of theirs since the amazing race and like natalie is my favorite winner i do love the kim spradlin respect because i also love kim Mm -hmm. and i Um, love natalie natalie's probably my number two favorite win of all time her end game oh beautiful beautiful play (laughs) we will have to i keep talking about it i want to do a whole like series of stuff across all of our uh, shows that we cover called the cup refilled where we go back and watch old seasons and i i send wandel sir is one that stands out to me as like i would love to review that because i yes. never got the opportunity to um so maybe that'll be in the works soon regardless back to survivor 44 um, <laughs> the target is claire it's claire 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 and it's more claire even though franny doesn't want it to be claire because Franny likes Claire, but Claire wants to take out the showmance, but Claire also likes Franny. So realistically, Claire just wants to take out Matt. Um, but also, Josh gets brought up because... I don't even of remember. His, of his, quote, shifty and cagey gameplay. Do we have to say it? Okay. Can we stop calling players shifty, specifically Asian players, but like people of color as a whole? Can we stop? And and once again, it was, oh, look, the two black people in the tribe. (laughs) We're going to target both of them. It's like, ooh. Literally. Yeah. Literally. I'm like. It's like, (sighs) fuck. Okay. This tribe is going to suck regardless. Why did you have to choose the two? Mm-hmm. Like, why was Danny not in contention? Is it mm-hmm. does he really just have that good? Uh, why were neither of the showmans in contention? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it so at this point, we kind of see so Josh and Danny, though we haven't seen it, are kind of like very aligned, um, from what we understand now. And obviously, there's the showmance. But Matt doesn't have a vote. And so we kind of get Heidi in this like swing. People aren't really like like trying to go for her vote. And then there's Claire who's the target. If I'm if I'm playing this game on the Soka tribe, and I know Matt doesn't have a vote at least for this, like, because it's public knowledge that he doesn't have a vote at this tribal. They don't know he doesn't have a vote at the next tribal. But it's public knowledge that he doesn't have a vote here. I take out Franny. And that's my winner pick, so I don't want to say that necessarily. But, like, if I'm looking at the tribe dynamics, I take out Franny. Or I take out Danny. Because, like, you take out one of the two sides. You pull in Heidi... And then, like, you have a majority. 
And then it kind of just works out if you take out Franny because then Matt doesn't have a vote at the next one. You just take out Matt. Like Granted, they have no idea of that second vote, but yeah. I, I that's just like icing on top of the cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just I do think that especially nowadays in the early game, I think women should always try to work together at this point. I mean, we keep on seeing the trends over and over again that so many women go home pre-merge and i think that franny had the exact right idea of like let's not just target claire because where does that leave her next so i do think for the women it is always smartest and i understand all the factors that lead to them not working together i'm not saying that they always should have to or anything like that i just think the way that this game has i only want to just say has shaken out i think has been purposely molded over the course of the survivor lifespan has really not favored women both before the merge and after the merge honestly now um so they should absolutely stick together and i i definitely think franny had the right idea going into this tribal council the thing that always gets brought up is tribe strength in the earlier seasons there were tons of challenge variety where saying that tribe strength that doesn't mean just oh can you push a heavy box because just biologically men have an easier time with that on average yep so having most challenges be obstacle 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 and then x thing it almost leads that oh yeah no we can just get rid of someone who can't push a heavy box or we can get rid of someone who uh doesn't know how to swim perfectly and just i mean it's they're not exactly the most uh fun challenges at least the one that i can think of of like oh yeah uh go play like a giant game of darts or go eat these local delicacies that are Where very are the much, eating challenges that are very much not local delicacies and mm. undercooked and raw versions mm. of said local delicacies because they look more exotic and crazy which is yeah. a different issue mm-hmm. a whole other issue that 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 that's that's an entirely different can of worms um but yeah no more stuff like that yeah Basically, i would love for challenges to be just one thing you know just leave it as one self-contained event that is just testing them on one different skill because even right now it's so funny i think the whole challenge strength thing is so overblown because it really just comes down to having someone who can complete a puzzle unless you're physically unable to complete the first part of a challenge like say heather and survivor 41 um almost every single time the amount of time that you have to make up can easily be made up if you have someone who's really good at puzzles so you really just need someone with strong puzzle solving skills, which is also like you, it, every puzzle kind of varies. You can be good at a certain type of puzzle and not good at another type of puzzle. So that does switch yeah. things up, although it is extremely boring to watch people do puzzles all the time. So I'm not even advocating for more puzzles, other than the fact that I just don't understand this idea of challenge strength, not really 
almost entirely being based off of who your best puzzle solvers are. And then second of all, I feel like the challenge strength from a woman is completely devalued on Survivor. And you see that time and time again, where if they ever suggest getting rid of a man and when they got rid of Voce, everyone was like, how dare they? They're never going to win a challenge again. They never lost a challenge again. Uh, but there was this uproar about Yasa getting rid of Voce because how can you get rid of the challenge strength? But then look at someone like Justine Brennan from last season, who I thought was a strong competitor. And it's just like, oh, well, why would we keep her? There's no there's no value in a woman who's strong in challenges. But when there is a man who's strong in challenges, there's a lot more pushback to getting rid of them than there is a woman. Yep. Yeah, all of that. Like all of it but we go to tribal jeff decides to once again say hey claire you're sitting out of challenges why <laughs> and then it's a whole i will lot say of it's a little bit legitimate though like, i do you agree like i just don't know why she would let herself sit out three challenges i think that was such a mistake for her not that, I think I, that jeff yeah. honed in on it but i think that was a huge mistake i think i i don't love that claire sat out of all the challenges i think like I think especially in this challenge, I think she would have been a bit more of an asset than, say, Franny. Because um, I think Claire's strengths would have been a little bit better here. But I also don't think Jeff should have honed in on her and been like, why aren't you competing on this show? Yeah. Like, Sandra sat out basically every damn challenge and won twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And you um... never once complained about Sandra sitting out. I love Sandra, but like, if we're gonna use this argument, it's not consistent across the seasons. It just, it didn't, it didn't make sense to repeatedly, at every single moment possible, bring it up because yeah. if the tribe cares about that, they can talk about it. Absolutely. You do not need to continually, at every moment, you can prompt the same discussion and that and is just, something <laughs> and with the sense of disdain that he did like you could tell that he was not a fan of what claire was doing or not doing i guess in this case and I, I we mentioned it multiple times over but yeah no absolutely claire got bit by this yeah and it sucked because i was really upset to see her go it it felt unfair. It felt like it was being pushed. Yeah. And that sucked. Yeah. Not to mention, she also plays her shot in the dark at this tribal. Um, so that is now the third shot in the dark in the dark played this season. Obviously, she was not safe. Um so Claire is the fourth person eliminated third person voted out and we'll talk about the trends here in a second but continues a trend that we've seen in the modern era kind of what we were alluding to a little bit earlier that every tribe in their first tribal this season has voted out a woman and three of the four people that have been eliminated thus far on this season are people of color two of them being black and we are only left with two black contestants and one Asian contestant on this season. So there, there is an unfortunate footnote of 
Jesus Christ, my brain is really, really not working tonight. Uh, there is an unfortunate footnote of Bruce being medevaced. Yeah. So it's it's harder to factor that in with than the race point, but yeah, still. Um three women on different tribes going back to back to back. Why? And I and think we unfortunately know why. Yeah, so let's let's jump there. There's a lot of stats I have for this episode, um, but I, we can start there being that uh, 10 out of 12 eliminations in the starting tribes in the new era had a woman uh, be their first player voted out. The only tribes that did not do that were Yasa, as we talked about with Voce, and Ika on Survivor 42. Um who was the first person voted out? Zach. Oh, it was Zach. That it, yeah. It was. Oh, poor Zach. Um, so we see on Survivor 41, the first from Ua was Sarah, who I genuinely don't remember, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, um, the first Luvu person voted out was Sydney. Which is a little uh, oh, bit of a unique case as well, though. I mean, that did happen after the merge. merge, and that was yeah. very much, again, Survivor's twist. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. just fall on the wrong person. I, it's hard to even yeah. say. Again, there. I guess there's something to be said that they chose her when there were probably yeah. more men up for elimination that around anyway, but uh, mm-hmm. it was a series of unfortunate events that led to her even being up for elimination in that circumstance. And I was happy she was gone. <laughs> Um, on 42, it was Mariah and Jenny. 43, it was Mariah, Justine, and Lindsay. 44, now it was Maddie, Helen, and Claire. Of those women voted out first, one, two, three, four, five of them were women of color, uh, which is also not a great statistic. Um, if we look at Claire's elimination, specifically at Claire's elimination, uh, she is the third person voted out for zero without a tie vote or idol being played. The other two were Mariah and Tori on Survivor 42. Um, all three of them actually unsuccessfully played their shot in the dark. Uh, which on which is, I think, one of the only ways besides just straight up losing your vote or having your vote stolen. Yeah. Like, those are the only ways to really ever have a X zero vote. So that does make sense that with the more modern seasons of Survivor and the constant thing of, oh, you're going to lose your vote now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of becoming an issue where that should not be happening that consistently. Um, as well, um, Claire is the fourth person in the history of Survivors who attend a tribal but never cast a vote. The first was Sydney in Survivor 41, and the second and third were Zach and Mariah in Survivor 42. All of these instances happening in the new era. Uh, Claire is also the fifth person to be on Survivor but never compete in an immunity challenge. Um, she is the first person to be voted out at a typical tribal council 
but never compete in an immunity challenge. So the other people that had never competed in a challenge were Jonathan and Wanda on Palau, but they were eliminated. Uh, they were eliminated, not voted out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jackson on Survivor 42 and Bruce this season were both medevaced. Um, fun fact, Claire is the first LGBTQ plus woman to be voted out in 15th place. Um, this is the seventh Survivor season where the first three players to be voted out are women. Uh, that also includes Panama, Fiji, Gabon, Caramonan, Winners at War, and 43. Um, this is the second season in a row where the first player voted out from each tribe was a woman. Um, and a fun other fact that I love is that Josh currently has less confessionals than every other person who has been voted out this season. The only person to have less confessionals is Bruce. Yeah. Because <laughs> Maddie left with six. Helen and Claire both had seven. Josh is currently sitting at four. I don't so, know if, like, Josh managed to piss on some of the camera equipment or something. Like, what? What oh, is the reason? I do think it maybe it's a little bit early to think too much into it, though, because I will say, like, there are certain people that have gone much longer than that without even getting to that four confessional milestone. So I think, relatively, it hasn't been so uneven as it has in other seasons as well. So we'll see if he gets something in the future, but he definitely has not had a chance to make much of an impact yet. I was going to say, I don't remember exactly, but Erica on Yeah, she had nothing. And Heather. <laughs> and Heather never really did, unfortunately. Oh, poor Heather. <laughs> but that's, and that's that. why, like, it's, yep. it's, um, it, there's so many different factors I think into the current state of Survivor. And I think that to me, I think when you add all of these random twists, you can lose your vote. You cannot, you can lose your vote for multiple tribal councils. You can get out because of an idol play. You could get out because yeah. of another advantage being played. When all those different factors come into play, I think it leads players to want to play more conservatively. So when you want to play more conservatively, what do you say? I just don't want to go to tribal council at all because look at Maddie. She got out with one vote at the first tribal council that three people voted in. I mean, these are the types of things that are happening more and more and more. So I know if I was playing, I'd say, I just don't want to go to tribal council at all because it's always kind of in a six person tribe. You don't know what can go wrong that will lead to you going home. So when you want to play more conservatively, you're going to say, I just have to, we have to keep challenge strength up, which again, I think people need to reframe the way that they consider challenge strength because I think having a good puzzle solver environs way more than anybody with brute strength um, but I think that's what sometimes leads to this idea of, let's say, really about challenge strength right now, which yeah. can disproportionately uh, impact more women going home, which I don't know that always comes down to that when women do go home early in the game. I think a lot of times, again, I think of people like Justine and I think of people like Molly um, and Mari where they're just immediately targeted as if they're already in the post-merge and getting with someone who's threatening early on, even though they're a good contributor to the tribe and can bring value, they just kind of are immediately targeted in a way that men never are. Like a woman who's strategic and considered a a threat is someone to get out right away that I don't think really happens with men nearly as much. 
Yeah. It's it's something that even as various good things have happened during the more modern seasons of Survivor, we see the old horrors creep back in yeah. over and over and over again. And the only thing we have to stop it is having future survivors know that people don't want to see this and that people deserve a fair shot. Not going home, whether it it basically never happens intentionally, but indirectly having immutable characteristics send them home which is the worst thing you can say. And on that note, we are, I'm going to presume halfway through the pre-merge-ish, maybe. Something um, is happening next episode. Something is happening. And it's never been done before, which <laughs> makes me very scared. Because... They were clearly still in tribes, and and a normal swap does not contribute something that has never happened before. So uh, what the hell are they doing? I do think Survivor sometimes forgets its own history, though. So and the idea of it not happening before, I'm not completely sold until we find out exactly what that is and if it is truly a Survivor first. I was going to say, is it a first for the modern era? Because if it it's a, a tribe first? swap, that is a first for the modern era. But who knows? We'll be back to talk about it next week. That's all I know. So, Dominic, your first podcast is done. <sighs> yes. Uh, big relief to have made it through and feel like I, okay, I wasn't just sitting silently not sharing anything. So, oh, no. Thank you for allowing me to get my first podcast experience. It was a lovely time. Of course, of course. We'll we'll definitely be seeing more of you on probably a whole lot of shows if you're around for it. Um, oh, yeah. Because we cover anything, everything, and all of it. So... <laughs> Love all reality competition shows. That is my... Competing element to it, I yep. eat it up. <laughs> yep. So with that being said, make sure to subscribe, follow, share, hit the bell notification, do all those things. Follow all of us on Twitter and or Instagram. Um, I know, Dominic, you're more active on Instagram than... <laughs> I am more are, active but... there. <laughs> Not really in the t reality TV realm. If you want my reality TV hot takes, that is where I, Twitter is where I share all of those. A lot of cat stuff on, on Instagram. <laughs> there is a lot of cat stuff on Instagram it's would recommend um follow jack on twitch because he does that sometimes hi uh now that my life is in a giant colossal wreck i will actually start streaming again starting tomorrow well tomorrow when this yeah. is being recorded uh you know time time is weird it's so strange but we will be back next week with episode four of Survivor 44. Um, and until then, cheers. Oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did forget to tell you about the Say Something Gay.
Oh, it's fine. 